One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Trey Warren has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Trey. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, January 15th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from Finland, up there, uh, higher than the wall in the north, I'm Patrick Beja. <laughs> and uh, from a slightly damp side of L.A. County, I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer. All right, folks. Uh, we have got a packed show for you today. We're going to decide on the future of television. But let's start with a few <laughs> tech things you should know. After concerns about battery life, Apple discounted its battery replacement program for all of 2018 from $79 to $29 per device. John Gruber of Daring Fireball reports that Apple CEO Tim Cook said at a January 3rd employee meeting that last year, 11 million iPhone batteries were replaced, which is almost 10 times the standard rate of battery replacements. It's the going rate anyway. Apple's battery replacement program began in late 2017. People doing the math say that the number could possibly explain the five to nine billion dollar uh, cut that Apple cut from its expected Q4 revenue. I think they're overestimating, but certainly contributed. A regional court in the city of Mannheim, Germany, threw out a patent lawsuit filed by Qualcomm against Apple as groundless and said the patent in question was not uh, was not violated by the installation of its chips in Apple's phones. Qualcomm said it would appeal. It won a separate case in a Munich, Germany court in December that allowed a ban on the sale of older iPhones in Germany. In the U.S., Qualcomm is fighting a U.S. antitrust case brought by the Federal Trade Commission. And Apple CEO Jeff Williams testified Monday that Qualcomm refused to sell modems to Apple because of the company's licensing dispute. Dun, dun, dun. The president of the United States signed a bill into law that requires federal agencies to publish non-sensitive information in a machine-readable format. That makes it easier to access on your smartphone or your other devices. The Open Government Data Act also sets the presumption that all government information should be open data by default and freely usable. Pandora launched an in-app voice assistant that can be called upon by saying... Hey, Pandora. It'll let you control music playback by artist, album, radio, or playlist, as well as personalized results by mood, like play something new or play workout music. 
And Alphabet's Loon is looking to make carrier deals and has formed a wireless advisory board that'll help it find partners. So they want to make it a service. Founding members, including Craig McCaw, who runs Clearwire, a broadband provider that Sprint acquired in 2013. Ian Small ran technology development at international carrier Telefonica and is currently the CEO of Evernote. Marnie Walden was an executive vice president and president at Verizon, where she managed global media and new business. So experienced folks in the carrier game on this advisory board for sure. All right, let's talk a little bit more about search privacy. Patrick? Well, Tom, DuckDuckGo, which markets itself as protecting your privacy more than Google, that's not very hard, I have to tell you, um, <laughs> announced it will use Apple Maps to power local search results. So uh, in case you didn't catch that, it will now use Apple Maps. Apple allows developers to use its maps for free with a limit of 250,000 map views and 25,000 service calls. So one would expect that DuckDuckGo is paying to exceed the limit, though no announcement was made about that. Apple Maps will replace OpenStreetMaps for most things, and Bing, Here, and Google, which were options for getting directions. DuckDuckGo says it will continue its proactive, uh, its proactive of not passing IP addresses uh, to map providers. Its proactive policy of not passing IP addresses to map providers. Well, RIP everyone who needs real directions. Oh, really? <laughs> really, though? I mean, I've, Apple I've, Maps is the worst. Have you used it recently? Uh, yeah. Okay. I use it in my car every day. Okay. So those of you who might throw stones at Sarah Lane, (laughs) she's speaking from experience, it sounds like. So it's really not that good still. Well, here's what I do. I, I put an address. I, I look it up on Apple maps and then I look it up on Google maps and it's startling how different the Mm. directions are every single time. See, I don't understand. I, I get where DuckDuckGo is going, where they say, we, you know, we're making our name on protecting your privacy. People criticize DuckDuckGo because they do take advertisements, and a lot of people have shown that they don't protect your privacy as well as maybe they could, and there's some open source projects that are probably better. Uh, but like Patrick said, if your aim is to just be better than Google, you know, you got a lower bar. So going to Apple Maps means you don't have to deal with Google's privacy policy. And Apple, uh, for their part, does some things like randomizing uh, user IDs, not associating user IDs with, with Apple IDs and things like that. But if Apple Maps is not better than OpenStreetMap, then why change? Unless that's the thing where DuckDuckGo is like, yeah, Apple Maps may not be the best, but it's better than OpenStreetMap. So we're going to use it. And it's also a long-term solution. Apple is in the map game for the long term, sure. I think. So maybe they're they're thinking we do that now and we're good for a while. It's unfortunate for OpenStreetMap, though, which could be a great uh, open source mm. for all of these uh, mapping companies, for multiple mapping companies to lose a, a big supporter like DuckDuckGo. Facebook announced it will invest $300 million into news partnerships over the next three years in order to help local newsrooms. Kind of a trend this week. $16 million will be distributed amongst Pulitzer Center or Port for America, the Knight Lenfest News Transformation Fund, the Local Media Association, the Local Media Consortium, the American Journalism Project, and the Community News Project. So we, we heard yesterday oh. about uh, Google getting in with Automatic to create a CMS mm-hmm. for news. Now Facebook saying, we also are going to throw some money at the problem. I mean, Patrick... It is big companies who benefit 
from the news industry sort of subsidizing the news industry, right? Well, in France, we have had, and in Europe, we've had a lot of problems with uh, the news industry and the press accusing those companies of killing them. So I think there is, you know, those seem to be focused on in the U.S. So maybe that's addressing a different problem, maybe an image problem. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, in in Europe, it would be an image problem. In this case, it's uh, to have material to work with, maybe in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, but they have a lot of incentive to make sure that the news industry doesn't completely disappear. And I will say two things about that. First of all, I've always thought Facebook was a tremendous company, extremely well run. And if you have money for, for podcasts, then I think it would be a good idea. So, you know, <laughs> you have my number and uh, 300 million, I wouldn't need that much. One concern, though, would be Facebook having control over you if they give you money, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I think that's something to think about here, too. Although, as, as large of an amount as it is to you and me, $300 billion spread across all the news organizations, even just in the United States. Is it doesn't go that far. I know one of the, the things that they're funding is giving a few million dollars to help newsrooms uh, hire reporters, except it's like $2,000 per reporter is, is what it ends up being. So it's not well, that much money. It, it they, they're not throwing enough money to control the press here. Right. And, and I think, honestly, in the current landscape, things might change, of course, but in the current landscape, it would be very, very difficult for either Facebook or Google to actually control what's happening in the news because they are in the crosshairs of everyone. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. ByteDance uh, launched Duoshan, a new social media product in China under its Douyin brand. Uh, TikTok is the same as Douyin in China. There's two different names for the same thing. So if you know TikTok, that's what we're talking about. Duoshan is for private messaging and offers a bunch of special effects and filters, but videos disappear after 72 hours. Oh, so kind of like Snapchat. It appears to be ByteDance's attempt to take on Tencent's dominance. WeChat and QQ messaging platforms are pretty much dominant throughout China. Although ByteDance's COO of News said, we hope WeChat doesn't see Duoshan as a competitor. What they do in essence is to build an infrastructure over there. We, on the other hand, are only going after people who are closest to you, which I know the translation makes it sound like they're going after people, but they're saying like, we just want personal messaging. Reaching WeChat does people, all yeah. this other stuff. Uh, if you want to look at the, the, the roadkill behind you, though, Alibaba, no small company, last attempted to take on WeChat with a product called Lai Wang and pivoted that to an enterprise product that's more like a Slack kind of thing because they just couldn't make any headway against WeChat. Very well, difficult uh, field to, to enter. It's the kind of thing where... You know, it's even, it feels to me like it's even more difficult than social network because you absolutely use it for only one thing, and that's communicating directly with your uh, uh, network. And you don't browse stuff, you don't look at funny cat videos, you, you really talk with people and, and share stuff among close, uh, relatively close people. So when one has been established as the one people use, uh, attacking that market seems like a, a very challenging uh, challenge. And, and we're seeing something with ByteDance that we don't see in the U.S. or European markets, which is a rising star. Uh, you, you, you've got, I mean, especially in the U.S., you've got Facebook, Google, Amazon. I mean, Netflix is probably the most recent entrant into that top tier. ByteDance is taking on the two big ones. 
They're going after Tencent and Alibaba. They want to be that that next big company right along with them. Mm. And this is the kind of thing that you have to do to do that. Take them on, but say you're not. If I'm not mistaken, they, they're, they've built their success on TikTok exclusively, mm-hmm. right? Or almost not exclusively. No, they have a news app. Okay. Uh, they have a bunch of other stuff out there. TikTok is their most successful product, though, mm. for sure. Um. Yeah, and and this is this is a way to to expand that. They've actually got a couple other startups that they've acquired recently that are also doing messaging apps that are are looking to be gaining popularity pretty fast right now too. Well, so one of those and it's funny the you know regional differences um, it, it are interesting to me. Ephemeral messaging in the U.S. is sort of like eh, yeah, Snapchat used to do that. Nobody cares about that anymore. The idea of okay, your video is going to be here for 72 hours, 72, which is a very specific number. You know, it's not, it's not 12 hours or 48 hours. It's three days. Um, is it, I, I would love to know more about how the, the, the marketplace is receiving. They're explaining it as with 5g connectivity, ephemeral messaging is going to feel more important to, uh, to younger folks out there mm-hmm. and and you know snapchat didn't get rid of its ephemeral messaging so even no, though it's no. not new it's still sort of an important it's just not thing. novel look at, it, look at instagram stories think. look at facebook stories i don't think this mm-hmm. company's trying to say it's novel i don't even think it's new in china i think what they're saying is we're banking that this is this is a thing that the people are going to continue to want um and uh, just to finish off i wonder if in China, these kinds of things are received differently given the state of the government surveillance. But I don't know. Uh, all right. Netflix is raising its prices in the US by 13% to 18%, which is its biggest increase ever. Netflix's most popular plan will now be $13 per month, up from 11 uh, The company's cheapest plan is going up to $9 per month. And a premium HD plan will rise to uh, $16 per month, up from 14 This is the fourth time that Netflix has raised its U.S. prices and the first time that higher prices will hit all 58 million U.S. subscribers. And all the shareholders rejoiced. Yeah, they did. Like the, the stock <laughs> shot up. They're like, great. Yeah. Easy revenue. Yeah. Just raise your prices. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's funny to think about the first time Netflix raised prices, they were very careful about it uh, because they knew how price sensitive their customers were, especially after going through the change from DVD to streaming only and splitting those apart and the whole Quickster debacle. Now, Netflix feels confident enough that, hey, people people want to keep Netflix. We can, we can pop it up a couple dollars and, and folks will stay with it, which is, uh, which is interesting because... Netflix now uh, one of its tiers more expensive than HBO now. It's honestly it's getting to a point where I think I mean obviously Netflix is extremely popular and most people who want these kinds of services will want Netflix. But it is getting to a point where I, I know they they know their stuff and they have the data so they probably understand how far they can go. But I'm wondering at which point piracy starts to become appealing again to some people um, because we're getting to a, a, an amount that is not as insignificant. You know, when it started out as, you know, roughly 10 bucks, you kind of think about it, but don't really think about it so much. 
when it's 16 for for some people it's a significant uh um, significant amount so for sure U.S. Magistrate Judge Candace Westmore of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California in Oakland ruled that law enforcement cannot force people to unlock a mobile phone with their face or their finger. Judge Westmore wrote that, quote, citizens do not contemplate waiving their civil rights when using new technology, end quote. She further wrote that the government has other avenues to seek information, like obtaining messages from Facebook, adding, quote, While it may be more expedient to circumvent Facebook and attempt to gain access by infringing on the Fifth Amendment's privilege against self-incrimination, it's an abuse of power and is unconstitutional, end quote. The ruling comes in connection with the denial of a search warrant in Oakland, California, based on an investigation into a Facebook extortion crime. Yeah, I, this is an interesting ruling. We, we've had other rulings out there that that said, no, you, you can force them to to use their finger to, to unlock something um, because it's been using the old standard of of you can't make someone give the contents of their mind. You can't force them to give you the combination to the safe, uh, but you mm-hmm. can make them produce the key. If they've got the key, you can force them to give that because that's not the contents of their mind. That's part of your search warrant. Uh, whereas biometrics is neither, and I think what I, what I like about Judge Westmore's ruling is she's saying it. This is this is just because it's new technology doesn't mean suddenly people get to just you know like they don't have any civil rights and you have another way to do this. Facebook doesn't have end to end encryption on messages. In this case, they're looking for messages from Facebook, so do go to Facebook and get get the information from them. Let's not set a precedent here. What happens if they're seeking information uh, from a service that does have end-to-end encryption, though? Right. Then I think Judge Westmore, if I if I could guess what she might say, is, well, then you're out of luck. You can't, you can't force somebody to do <laughs> that because like, she seems very clear yeah. that to her this is a violation of both the First and the Fifth Amendments. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is an important ruling. However, it's not going to be decided until this works its way up to the Supreme Court. However, Judge Westmore does use a Supreme Court precedent uh, on a different type of ruling to extend here. So you're seeing the kind of thing that happens when you solidify the law happening in her decision, which if if this, I don't think this one will go there, but eventually when one gets up there, mm. those previous Supreme Court decisions that sort of ruled in the favor of someone saying, hey, just because you got technology doesn't mean uh, that you give up your rights, seems to be the prevailing wind for now. So it, it certainly, so yeah. No, I, I just wanted to say it certainly that looks like this kind of decision at some point will need to be uh, uh, decided on by the Supreme Court because yeah. this is incredibly important in so many cases. Uh, it needs to be at that level, if I understand anything about the yeah, no, I think American right. legal system. Uh, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com now. NBC Universal, which I should point out my wife works for, plans to launch its own streaming service in early 2020. It will be an ad-supported service available at no cost to pay TV subscribers in the U.S. So if you have cable, doesn't matter who you have cable with, uh, if you get NBC on that cable, you can get this ad-supported streaming service for free. However, if you don't want ads on the streaming service, you can pay for it. And if you don't pay for cable that has NBC, or you don't pay for cable at all, you can also pay for it and get it. So everybody can get this NBC sub- streaming service. Uh, 
Some of them will get it with ads, some of them not, some of them for free, some of them not. Uh, a source told CNBC that it'll cost about $12 a month, so cheaper than Netflix, depending on how you look at it. NBC said it will continue to license content to other studios and platforms. However, it will retain rights to certain titles for this new service. Now, combine this news with the fact that Disney CEO Bob Iger recently said that Hulu will stick around once Disney takes over Fox's ownership of it and therefore giving Disney the majority ownership in Hulu. And Hulu will feature Fox programming uh, as as part of its service. You're not going to put Fox programming over on the Disney Plus streaming service. In fact, you're probably not going to put ABC's adult-oriented programming. It's primetime programming on Disney Plus. That's going to stay on Hulu. You've also got Apple's recent CES announcements of AirPlay integration into all major TV providers, including iTunes, movies and TV shows showing up on Samsung smart TVs. So now you got Apple available to be on pretty much every TV in one way or another. And we're now starting to see the coalescence of what the streaming TV world is going to look like, at least from the beginning. Apps for everything. Got an app here in the United States anyway. App for NBC, app for CBS, Hulu, which will be Fox and Disney or or ABC. Got an app for Univision. Uh, You got an app for HBO and Stars, And you got an app for Netflix. You got an app for Prime Video and an app for Apple, potentially. Certainly one on Samsung TVs, certainly one on Apple TVs. And with AirPlay, kind of available on any TV if you want. Will the future of all of this be... (laughs) <laughs> an app from each source. Well, we have like a dozen sources, maybe maybe more. Each broadcast or cable network having their own app, family of uh, of networks, you know. So NBC, remember, is Bravo, it's USA, it's Sci-Fi. All of them combined into one app. Plus Prime Video, plus Netflix, plus Apple. All on essentially an even playing field when you can put any of them on any TV. Patrick, what do you think? An even playing field, but an expensive one if you're actually going to have all the <laughs> channels that you wanted to have in the first place. This is, you know, the whole cord cutter generation was all about like, no, well, we're paying too much for I don't for think all so. I don't think mm, it will be okay. expensive. Uh, the, the, here's, here's the, the, the thing. Big- most, most cable subscription, the average price is above $90. And most people say, I wish I could have a la carte so I don't have to pay for the channels I don't want. So if you say, well, I want to have every channel that's available, it'll be more expensive. But if you say, if you stick to, I really just want to pay for the channels I want, you can make it less expensive. You just decide what those channels are. You know, the, the, the interesting thing there is that all of these, it feels like they are a little bit different from standard broadcast channels. You need like one or two, maybe three hit shows that people want to get your subscription for. And it's not completely impossible that each of those will have two or three hit shows. And then you're like, well, I I do want all of these uh, just for those few shows. Um, So maybe, you know, it will be a little bit more uh, uh, complicated to decide which ones you want and don't want. But yes, I I agree with you, Tom. This is... uh, a key difference with the cable bill. Um, the the other one is you get different apps that you probably can't explore without diving into each app, which is already a little bit of a problem if you have two or three or four different services. But when you have 12, how do you know where each thing is? Maybe um, Apple will expand its uh, TV app 
the one the, the one that exists now um and that basically puts together the content from different um providers notably netflix is not in that ecosystem though so it's likely that not all of them will be in there um it seems like more of a headache than what we hoped would happen when we started down that cord cutting road. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a horrible situation. Like I'm sure maybe people hearing this uh, will default to. I also don't think it, it's going to be more complicated in the end. I think what's making it complicated is we're all thinking about it in the sense of, well, I used to pay just one thing and I got everything and I didn't have to think about it. And I used to have a guide that showed me everything that was available to watch and I didn't have to think about it. And so we have to reinvent that. And the TV app does that, except for Netflix. Pretty much everything else is on the TV app. Plex does it even better than that. If you run Plex, everything just shows up by show. You just look for what you want to watch and you don't have to know what network it's on. It'll it'll help you navigate that on the back end for you. And so I think we'll see more of those kinds the, of solutions. Does as it well. integrate Netflix though? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, that's everything. Really cool. Okay. Plex is my media server of choice. However, question for all <laughs> of you. How much money are you paying per month for your a la carte television? Because Almost to a hundred bucks, and that's almost like cable. Are you even counting though Netflix? I, feel like I, I am. You yeah. Don't count Netflix. That's a mistake. I think everyone makes is you would pay for Netflix even if you have cable. Most people who have cable do. So that's not a I'm I canceled cable and now I, yeah you can't count Netflix. Well, but well, but I but so I pay I will, for it. But you pay you'd pay for it if you had cable too. Fine, I'm so you, still paying. So it's not an extra thing, is what I'm saying. If you want to compare a cable bill, no, to- no, no, not no. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit 
Anthropic.com slash Claude today. Oh, I'm, I'm not an extra thing, just but how I, much well, are you spending on television? If you're spending, then you have to also, when you compare it to pay TV, add Netflix to that, is what I'm saying. So it's easier uh, to just factor it saying. out okay. and mm-hmm. say, you know what, you and pay for Netflix either way, that one doesn't count. I don't have a television. I mean, I have a screen, uh, but I don't watch <laughs> or own a, a TV subscription of anything. And that's been the case for quite a while. And I am very happy without those things. Um, you should try mm-hmm. it. It's it's actually kind of freeing. But you don't, don't watch TV. Know what's going on on 90 Day Fiance? That, in what? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, uh, reality well, television. You're missing out. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, yes, maybe. Although there is some reality TV on Netflix, but that's quality, like uh, Terrace House, for example, from Japan. Yeah. Although, ooh, the sock incident. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so I, yes, you can pay more, but you can also pay less. And the mm. complaint with cable was I have no choice. I have to pay for everything and I get a bunch of stuff I don't want. So it's, yeah. I don't I don't think it's actually more expensive. I also don't think to to your point Sarah. I also don't think it's going to save you money, which a lot of people were hoping it would. But the key is you can decide to save money if you decide to go without. If you're like, "You know what? I don't need to watch HBO these days. Uh, you know, Game of Thrones isn't on. It's the only thing I care about. You can get rid of it. Now, granted, you can get rid of that on pay TV too. So I guess it's not as big of a. Of a You're more as, in charge of the money. Yeah, but it's easier to yeah. cancel. And you know, my system right now is I pay forty dollars for PlayStation View, and then I pay an extra nine dollars for Hulu. Frankly, I wouldn't have to because PlayStation View has almost all the stuff that's on Hulu on my DVR. It's just nicer to get it through Hulu because it gets the rid of the commercials when I pay for it. So I, I'm paying what? $12 for Hulu. Uh, and I am definitely paying less than I was paying direct TV when I was paying a hundred plus dollars for their cable, plus the, the rental of the equipment, plus the DVR fee, plus the HD fee, you know? So mm. you, I, what I like about this is you have more control. What I don't like is we haven't quite solved the guide problem, right? If we haven't quite figured out, how do you figure how how do you decide what's there uh but i think we've got some good solutions being developed for that as well well thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit we have lots of tv stories on our subreddit if you haven't hung out over there do so submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com you want to hang out on facebook good news we have a facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash daily tech news show let's take a gander at the mailbag Oh, let's do it. Uh, KV from Snow Melted Virginia writes, enjoy the episode and the discussion around type C. He's talking about yesterday's show. Coming from an essential phone, it was a dice roll finding a type C headphone that would work properly on multiple devices. Without rehashing the whole discussion, one thing I wonder is when did it become a zero-sum choice? Bluetooth Hmm. and the 3.5 millimeter jack coexisted peacefully for at least a decade without compromise. I currently enjoy switching between them on my Note 9. The removal seemed arbitrary with no visible consumer benefit, either in features or cost savings. Maybe I'd be more open to the removal if more phones came with two Type-C ports. So like Sarah's friend, I mentioned her yesterday, I could listen and charge at the same time. Man, I feel like I didn't emphasize this enough yesterday on the show because the very first thing I said was, 
you reduce the components needed inside the device, giving you more room for either more battery or slimming down or some combination. That is why they get rid of the headphone jack. And uh, KV is right. It's not about you. It's about them. It's about them wanting to reduce the cost of manufacture and uh, being able to use the room that's taken up by that headphone jack apparatus for something else because you can move the DAC and the amp out into the, into the headphone itself. Well, thanks, KV, for the feedback. And also thanks to Patrick Beja for being with us. We missed you, Patrick. What's been going on in your world? Oh, well, uh, first of all, I've missed all of you, too. Happy Aww. New Year. I don't think I, I got to say that yet. Happy New Year, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I have two things for everyone uh, listening. I guess if you're a little bit of a gamer, you might be interested in listening to Monthly Video Game Briefing, which is an offshoot of the Daily Tech News Show, hence the clever name. Um, we record this every month with Scott Johnson and we cover the news for the from the gaming world with a little bit of a, a an angle for people who are casual gamers, who are still gamers, but they don't need to hear about every single game for an hour and a half every week. So it's a 40-minute show every month. But if you're more into games, you can listen to Pixels. Uh, and on Pixels, we cover this a little bit more in depth. And it is uh, a, a, a industry analysis and game uh, discussion show. So MVGB or Pixels, depending on how much of a gamer you are. Check it out, folks. DailyTechNewsShow.com slash MVGB feed. Also, don't forget, if you're a patron at one of our top tiers and you stick with us for three months, you can get a mug or a poster with Lens five-year anniversary art on it. If you're at the master level, you get a mug. If you're at the advisor level, you get a poster. Uh, find out all the details at Patreon.com slash DTNS slash merch. If you want to be part of our feedback section, well, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com is where to send those emails. We're also live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. You have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> oh. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.